Welcome to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. Episode number 92. I am Justin. And I am Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Thanks to everyone out there listening in the interwebs. Yes, absolutely. Hope you are having a fantastic day today. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) Okay. I was in mid-swallow there. Sorry. All right. Today's topic, we were talking about if people were crayons. (laughs) What do we mean by that? We mean we're going to discuss the topic that makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. Which means what? So we are talking about skin color today. Yeah, skin color and race. Even though I think there's only one race, it's the human race. Right. Um, Let's talk about some stories. We both both have traveled a lot. We have a lot of cross-cultural stories um, that really, one story in particular really impacted me. I was in a cafe with my Ethiopian friends when I lived there in Addis, and my Ethiopian friend looked over at me, and this guy came into the cafe we were at, and he said, do you see that black guy over there? And I just started laughing, and I was like, yeah, the black guy, because it was only I was the only white guy there. Right. All the rest of them were Ethiopians. Right. And I said black guy and he's like yeah that guy and then i saw that he was being serious and i was like you all are black and they're like no we're not and i was like what and <laughs> so then they began to educate me they had i forget i forget the amharic which is the ethiopian language they had like over 10 i think words if i remember to talk about people's skin color it wasn't just black or white mm-hmm. because and then after i thought you know it was like we've talked about this before like no kid colors a person on the coloring book the color white or the color black right <laughs> you know what i mean right. like yeah. no kid does that right it doesn't make they all sense pick out some shade of brown to use exactly yeah some some shades yeah so my my ethiopian friend they spent quite a bit of time talking about you can't just say white or black like that makes no sense because right. people are all different and so he was talking about that you see that black guy it was a person in like the gambela region which was like south sudan so sometimes you see those people they're beautiful their their skin is so dark it's almost blue like when it glistens in the sun it's just it's just amazing so he was talking about that black guy over there and i was like no you all are black and he's like no no and he went through all the different color you know like what it was very i'll never forget that day because i was like from that point on, I was like, wow, I see the world differently now. Right. And you have a story about when you were I know. in Kenya. <laughs> I actually had a very similar conversation. Yeah. One time I was, um, I spent several summers teaching in Kenya and the slums and that kind of thing. And I was having, I don't even, I have no idea what the topic of the lesson was, but I was doing something and I said something about being white. Right. And <laughs> the children all, even though they all, spoke English, um, they all looked at me like they didn't know what I was saying. Right. And so the teacher stepped in and she said, well, actually, we don't 
black and white aren't color terms that we use. Yeah, right. The children would call you like a very pale brown. Right. Um, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, you know, I was like, oh, okay. But later on, on the same trip, mm-hmm. I had my hair braided when you had long by hair. some of the local ladies and right. they added extensions in. Right, right, right. Um, so I had all of these long braids. Right. I was in a different area in a different school, and the kids on the street were following me, arguing with each other <laughs> right. over whether or not I was Mzungu, which was really it was it was like from their British occupation uh-huh. colony time, but it was really like a white person, right, right, right. And uh, so they yeah. were arguing with each other. Are you because a foreigner or not? Basically, my yeah. hair looked like their hair. But my skin did not look like their skin. And so they, even though it was a different context right. and boxes that they break people down into, right. they still had boxes that they break people down right, into. Right, right. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And I will also say, you know, I saw in Ethiopia, other places I've traveled, there's ex- still extreme what we call racism, even though people all look the same. Like you think about like in Rwanda, the mass genocide that happened between the the tootsies and the hutus right right who i mean million like hundreds of thousands i forget how many died you couldn't tell the difference between them right. <laughs> you know like they were the same they were both christians catholic christian you know what i mean like they're both all believers and just massacring each other right and to all of us from anybody from the u.s would go oh they're the same they're the same people right but they could understand the different race between those distinctions, right? Right. And I think even, you know, I met a man who became a friend when I was on one of these trips, and he was from Ghana, Mm -hmm. and he had scars on his face. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, we became friends and it was appropriate that I could ask that kind of question, you know, I asked because they were uniform. They were intentional scars. It wasn't like an accident. Right. And so I asked about it and he said when he was young, there was so much tribal warfare. Right. And the children and all the tribes looked the same. So their parents would intentionally scar them with a symbol. Wow. So that everyone who looked at them could identify what tribe they came from. Because based on their physical characteristics, you could not tell. Right. So they still had an animosity between the people. Right. Even though you could line them up and not tell the difference. Right, right. And like you said, I've heard you say before, it's like every we all have an us versus them mentality. That's part of our broken humanness. Right. Is like we always want to distinguish between us and them. And so I think part of the problem that we want to talk about in this podcast is we have narrowed ourselves down to just almost binary code, meaning like, you know, like computer code is written in ones and zeros, right? Right. Those so you're either zero, or you're a zero or one. And right. I think we've all like, it's gotten to the point now, it's like, are you a Democrat or Republican? Because if you're on one side, you're, you're Satan. And on the other side, you're God himself. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, we've just gotten so extreme on all these different things. So I think as opposed to, sometimes we paint a false dichotomy. Of what, of what, you know, black and white just aren't very good. They're not very good terms. And I mean, also like, I mean, even like our, and vocabulary is important. So I think if, if I could change anything, um, like even words like African American, like Africa, like there's like a dozen countries in the North part of Africa 
where people have tan skin color. Right. They look more, they're Arab, more right. descent, right. you know? So they don't look what we call, quote, black, right. <laughs> right? So, and then in south part of Africa, there's lots of white Africans who've been there for generations, you know? <laughs> they live there. Then if you go up the, the, I guess that'd be the east coast, you have a lot of Indians who are Indian, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, even Africa, in America, I still don't know how the U.S., like United States of America, America is two continents, <laughs> Like, right, like from the Arctic, from the Arctic all the way down to almost Antarctica. But you talk to a citizen <laughs> of the United States of America, and they're just going to say, "I'm an American." Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm saying I understand our terms that we use, but like even saying I'm American, it's like what about all the other I don't dozens and dozens of countries that are in the Americas? You know what I mean? Right. So it's like anyway. So sometimes those things irk me, right? But okay. So if you look at our society today. We have got some major racial problems that are going on. Right. And I think there's definitely levels of injustice. There's injustice in people's hearts towards people of different skin color, for sure. But there's also like systematic or systemic problems with skin color. So like, for example, like when our, our second constitution, the U.S. Constitution we have now, I always like to remind people, it's not the first constitution we had. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. History. Yeah. Our first president, you know the first president of the United States? I'm assuming it's not George Washington. Not George Washington. Samuel Huntington, I think. Okay. There was actually several presidents before George Washington. All right. <laughs> so you can go look it up. Under the Articles of Confederation, they had technically had a president. So I like random history facts. There we go. Okay. But if you think about our current U.S. Constitution, when it started off, black, what we call blacks now were 60%, considered 60% through the three-fifths compromise of a white person. Hmm. Women... Were 0%. <laughs> well, well, kind of, but like white women couldn't vote, right? You know what I mean? Like there was, there was a lot of stuff. You had to own land if you were a white male. So my point is, we have lived in a, a, a country that started off with some major injustices. Right. But... At the same time, there have been major, we haven't had to overthrow this country to see major changes happen. There was a civil war that brought about changes legally, quality, but then, you know, after the civil war, there was the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, I think, dealing with slavery and the status of African American. What are you going to call the the blacks, whatever. <laughs> I hate all these words because they don't. We I have know. to. You still have to use words. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. So, um, so those went from sixty percent to now technically fully um, equal, right? Right. Under the citizen, citizenship. But then there's all these other laws, Jim Crow laws, and all these other things. So it's like African Americans have slowly built up percentages of who they are as humans under our system. Right. Does that make... Yes. Do you agree with that or no? Yeah. You kind of like... <laughs> this whole thing, like, can I just say, like, to sum it up, it just hurts my heart. Yeah. It hurts my heart for my friends that I have been raised to call African-American, and I don't even know what the proper term is right now. It hurts my heart for my friends that are Caucasian or white or whatever. Right. For my friends who are in the police, for my right. friends who have been out, you know, peacefully protesting. It just... Right. Yeah. The whole thing, I think, comes down to such a big heart issue. Right, right. And we just see, you know, people are just really feeling broken. Right. And they're feeling really hurt. Right. 
and, and it, it's understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. I think one good thing that I, one optimistic thing I, I have is that I, we've seen changes in our country that have allowed for more freedoms, especially for minorities. And I think we're still, I think we're heading to a good place. I hope we are. I hope we are. And and I think there's just got to be some more shifts that happen because there's still injustice in institutions and systems that are kind of residue left over. Even right. though technically, legally, everyone's all the same under the law. Right. It's still the things that are carried out, I guess, through the law. Because it's humans who have to carry these things out. And we all have prejudices and other things that we have to work through. Right. So, so if I was a king of the world for a day, I wish we could get away from this binary vocabulary. Right. As part of our solution part. Right. So, what else we got? <laughs> I think, you know, I think the the big takeaways are, you know, this isn't a new kind of problem. Right. It's like, not. It's not a problem that is exclusively in the United States. No, no, no. It's not a problem. It's a problem that was existed before the United States as we know it existed. Oh, for sure. Since humans have been... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Having to deal with each other. Right. Right. So it does remind me, I want to read this. Um, is that okay? Yes. <laughs> Galatians 2. Because even in the Bible, um, in looking at the book of Acts, uh, when they first had deacons, they had issues. And it was basically based on race. Like it was what we call racial, some racial issues versus the Greek um, Christians versus the, the, the Jewish Christians and the treatment of them. Right. So that's how they started the deacons. So they could help address that issue. So it's interesting too, because Paul and Peter, like who are big deals, <laughs> you I know, know, it's right? like, I mean, it's like in the new Testament, they're like the big deals, like the whole, you know, the whole Roman church, the Catholic church is all based on, you know, Peter, basically his kind of lineage or, you know what I mean? Right. Of apostleship and Paul. And so I'm going to read in Galatians too, because I think this is like really, it was really comforts me. Um, as I was thinking about just the world and what's going on. So Galatians 2, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, which I love this translation. Uh, but when Peter visited Antioch, he began to mislead the believers and cause them to stumble over his behavior. So I had to confront him. This is what Paul says. I had to confront him to his face over what he was doing. I think that's really key. Like, we need to face-to-face talk about this. Right. But Paul basically stepped up to Peter. He's like, hey, <laughs> you're out of line here. He says... Um, he, Peter, enjoyed being with the non-Jewish believers who didn't keep the Jewish customs, eating his meals with them up until the time the Jewish friends of James arrived from Jerusalem. So then he had some more people come, and he said um, when he saw them, he withdrew from his non-Jewish friends and separated himself from them, acting like an Orthodox Jew, fearing how it would look to them if he ate with the non-Jewish believers. So here, it's, it's just amazing. Here you have Peter who walked with Jesus, right? And so all the stuff he did, and he was still kind of trained in his cultural worldview. Biases. Yeah, to go back to something, right. you know? And so I think that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes us to be challenged, to be like, you know what? We do have cultural biases. We do have things that need to be changed. Right. We need to have that. But Peter was like, okay. You know, like he like manned up and just... Seemed like he dealt with it, you know? It wasn't right. like, oh no, I'm going to cling to my... It wasn't the end of the world. Right, it wasn't like the end of the world. had a conversation, yes. which undoubtedly was an uncomfortable conversation. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but yeah. they were willing to do that. Right. 
and then process through to get to a better place. Right. And I think that's where, man, I don't, I can't say that for the rest of the world that they're all going to arrive to there all at the same time in the same happy place. But I think we all need to check our own hearts right. because like you said earlier, at one point there's like, there's no perfect sides. Like right. no one has it perfectly right. But I feel like if we all work together and we start these conversations within our own family, even within our spouses, like let's just talk about what are some of our, where do we need to grow? You right. know, what do we need to do to grow? Because we all go back to our cliques. You know what I mean? Like we all go back and maybe that's racial. Maybe it's not. Maybe it has to do with <laughs> who knows, maybe your sports right. teams. I mean, like the animosity between university teams. <laughs> I right. mean, we live in Kentucky. It's like. I mean, that, it gets nasty sometimes between right. University of Kentucky and University of Louisville. Right. So, go Big Blue. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you understand. I mean, like, right. it, it's we need to get out of us, us, them talk more and more. Right. And, and we I need to think, get to we talking. I think we all need to humble ourselves, too. Right. And say, hey, you know what? On some level, we're all broken. Yeah. And we all have room to grow. Right, right. And, and I think, too, we have to not just sweep injustices under the rug to be like, oh, well, it's just a random thing. But if it keeps continually being random, it's not it's random not anymore. Random. anymore. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like we need to work through our differences in a conversation, face-to-face way. So I definitely encourage you. Um, it's It's a hard time right now, socially, racially, but start having those conversations. In your own heart. <laughs> I was waiting I mean, for you to say something. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know where you are going exactly. In your own heart, you need right. to have a conversation with your spouse, with your kids. Right. You know, have those conversations. With your coworkers, have some conversations, right? If yeah. you're around anyway, and you're going to talk around the, of course, we're not around the water coolers anymore, but if you're on Zoom or whatever, like. And I think the faith communities need to be having these conversations. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, if we look at historically where there have been great improvements right it's been the faith communities stepping up right and leaders from there right you know guiding yeah our country right right so we've got to be having the conversations we just did that podcast yesterday about um fathers yes it's like we need fatherly leaders we need motherly leaders we talked about that martin luther king he had that fatherly kind of heart muhammad ali right fatherly kind of heart um I mean, you can go through. Abraham Lincoln was still like that fatherly, grandfatherly. We almost need like a grandfatherly heart, you know, right. who who can talk to people, who can, you know, get us to help get us to that next place where we need to go. Right. Who want to see their kids rise up to yes, a better place. Yes. So. Yeah. Good. And that's a place that I think we could all agree. Oh, We for all sure. want our kids to live on in an America or in whatever part of the world <laughs> yeah. that's better than it is today Exactly, for us. yeah, yeah. So, very good. Okay. Thank you so much for taking time to listen and hang out with us, even through what can be an uncomfortable conversation. Remember, you are valuable, and what you do matters. We have a free tool available for you when you connect with us on our website, lsfpodcast.com. And you are not alone. We would love to connect with you and the rest of our podcast community on our Facebook page or on Shauna's Instagram account, Shauna Cherie Wood. Have a blessed day. Thank you.